Hello, welcome to Don't Call Me Exotic. I'm Oanio. I'm a DJ, radio presenter, and promoter. This is the podcast where I invite people in the creative field to come talk to me about diversity, culture, personal experiences of racism, both in life and in their careers. I'd like to welcome my next guests, two members of the creative collective aimed at showcasing and celebrating South Asian artistry and who have had an explosive year to say the least, Ahmad and Riva from Daytimers. Hi guys, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having us. Of course, thank you for having us. Um, I was wondering if you guys could introduce yourselves and tell me a bit about Daytimers. Um, sure, so my name is Riva and I'm part of the internal team of Daytimers with Ahmad. And um, Daytimers is a collective that celebrates South Asian artistry um, in all forms, but mainly at the moment in music and sort of releasing music, putting on shows, um, curating nights and things like that. And I'm Ahmad. Um, I am the art director for Daytimers, um, and I also work on the culture side of things, so working with organizations and venues and other collectives even to just really align with what we're about and what we're trying to do. I saw a clip of um, Samia on Represent, which you guys are a resident uh, show now as well, and she described what Daytimers actually means, so... Like, do you guys want to tell me a little bit or? Do you want to do it? Sure. So, I mean, I think this is like, this This could in itself be a podcast. <laughs> so I'll try and be, be brief. Yeah. No, it's it's a family. It's a place of acceptance. It's a place um, for growth because it's actually such a big collective. There's so many uh, members from different walks of life, different age groups. And the beauty in it is that it's everyone's leveling up together. Um, so yeah, such a such a sort of creative um, space for growth and kind of exploring oneself, uh, sorry, one's identity. Um, and I think one of the, my favorite parts about Daytimers and the Collective is that we do it kind of on our own terms. So um, a lot of us are sort of in this middle ground between two different cultures, you know, the West and our own, you know, um, background. And it's confusing, right? And mm-hmm. um, also <laughs> difficult to kind of find your feet. Yeah. Um, That's why I started the podcast. <laughs> I need help figuring it out. Honestly, I think we all do. We all right? do. Yeah. And it's just, a, it feels like it's a space where you can almost like, you know, create that world or that feeling of identity on your own terms, picking the good bits of both sides of, of mm. our cultures and leaving the bad bits kind of behind so that you can just focus on, you know, how can you enrich yourself and 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 feel yeah feel like you belong in a community and sort of everyone's on that vibe which is it's so nice to see um so yeah for me it's just such an incredible place of growth creativity acceptance and just finding myself yeah i mean i would add i think like for us it's really a platform to initiate change and we talked about this a bit too i feel like the the idea of community is such a buzzword now mm. like people are just like throwing it in there yeah. without actually like really understanding the nuance of what community is yeah and i feel like with daytimers and like eastern margins and even this podcast like we can really explore what that means and i think with daytimers that's really something we're looking to do yeah finding a sense of your your community yeah, yeah. The actual term, though, it it comes from what the eighties and nineties of right the daytime parties the daytime that they parties. would be having. So kids would bunk off school to have these parties where they would be all dressed up, yeah, um, and just like 
live their lives really yeah. but didn't they wear their going out clothes under their school <laughs> uniforms yeah. and stuff i think that's kind of a that's nice like little asian metaphor. experience right? <laughs> yeah. like i've done it i'm sure we've done it i'm sure you've <laughs> done, done it, it also i don't know if i did it I, there has been times where i'll go somewhere and then i have a change of clothes for yeah. like yeah this is me yeah but yeah no i think that's such a nice even like tiny yeah. little metaphor even yeah. To, yeah of like what we are as diaspora exactly. to yeah. be exactly. in a place and then having our identities underneath yeah yeah and, yeah. and it comes from a time where like when daytime raves are happening there was so much political tension as well um for example in the uk yeah. um but uh british asian people weren't being accepted into society and we were also then having kind of that cultural battle with our identity from back home so it became kind of a place for people to just kind of forget about that be mm-hmm. allowed to just feel free for a few hours yeah and i think that's what we're trying to build on but this time around make it more inclusive because you know i'm at that point i don't think things like the acceptance of south asian queer people mm-hmm. or the acceptance of um, south asian trans people or those kind of discussions were even being had because yeah. even in the west and 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 back home there just wasn't space for that kind of conversation and it's so cool to see now that we are taking this concept and rolling with it but stretching it out so that we can include as much of our community as possible from all different groups um, and backgrounds and that's been really incredible to see um kind of working with a concept but pushing it further yeah and to add to Riva, I, I think the original daytimers, they were very singular. Mm-hmm. If they were happening in London, they were happening in London. There were a few up north. There were a few in Midlands. There were even some in Toronto. We recently found out me and Samia were um, taking a cab to the flat that I was staying at in Stratford. And there was our driver was telling us he used to go to daytimers in Toronto. Oh my God. And he was seeing the same artists that were playing here, like RDB, Bali Sagu. And he was just like, yeah, it was so cool to see it in Toronto too. Yeah. Because he was from the UK, but he lived in Toronto for a bit. So he was just kind of telling me that this daytimer culture did exist, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I grew up in New Jersey and New York. I didn't see it as much. Mm -hmm. But I think just that rich heritage, I think, is super important. And for us, I think we're we're just trying to really build off of that. Like, we're Mm -hmm. not trying to say that we're we're the first people to do it. Yeah, We're really honoring the legacy of everyone before us and, like, how we can kind of push forward and start, like, a new dialogue. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Edit. Yeah, no, uh, 2021 version. But I mean, you guys have been going for not even that long. You only had your first Brit. Like, oh, wow. I think that's crazy. Because <laughs> yeah. when yeah. I was kind of, when I was writing down things to talk about today and just writing down all the th- all the shit you guys have done, I was like, this is insane. And we've yeah. been walked away as well for all of that time, basically. Do you not think it's funny that it's kind of feeding into the stereotype a little bit of like being very you know hardworking? <laughs> yeah, religious. yeah, like yeah. the Asian. Work- yeah overachieving (laughs) because even when i was speaking to eastern margins the stuff that they were doing during the pandemic like it was you know they've been going for only three years as well which is mad yeah no it's we've been i think the timing of things has been perfect and more just the energy and kind of hungriness of Mm. the team um and having the community back it yeah. Um, yeah because these things wouldn't happen if we didn't have people who yeah. actually would you know yeah. come to our events support our compilation support our projects yeah but um yeah there is just this really interesting <laughs> energy within the within the team um was just so kind of 
I would say like a mix of mob mentality and relentlessness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and drive and passion. Drive, yeah. passion, sure. ambition. And, um, and when you realize like what it means to like change a space or like implement some change because we can't, you know, nothing will ever be perfect. Mm. It just keeps you going to do it again and yeah. again. Um, you get addicted to it, I think. Yeah, it's right. quite addictive. Yeah. And I think when we step, especially a mother and I, we go to some events, for example, and we're there and we're just like, I'd rather go to my own parties, to be honest yeah. with you. Well, that's what yeah. that's why I started my own party as yeah. well. Yeah, it sets the caliber very high yeah. when you take the time to really think about when people come to your events, their experiences. Yeah. Me and Riva really crafted the safer space policy. Mm-hmm. We took our time to make sure that this this space, whether it's like physical or virtual, virtual yeah. mental even, like it, it has to be welcoming to everyone. So I think like with us, we always saw that like as a main drive in daytimers because mm-hmm. we started, like you said, like during the pandemic yeah. Yeah. and we weren't really thinking about like actual physical events. I mean, we were, but like we were like, when is that going to happen? <laughs> like, we don't even know. Yeah. So like that farmer stream that we did where we raised money for uh, Kalsa, it, yeah. we, well, Provat <laughs> really was thinking, are we, do we even know this many like South Asian <laughs> yeah. people? Yeah. And now like, going a few months later it's it's ridiculous like so how did you guys both find the team we had very different um, journeys to it amad has been uh, yeah i'll I'll start first (laughs) so i was um approached by provat the founder Mm -hmm. shout out provat we call him the wizard (laughs) the wizard wizard. one of the best producers yeah just one of the best people really like i think my initial conversation with him like i really saw goodness in him that like he really wanted to create something substantial that has word that was all inclusive Mm -hmm. like growing up i did have like a tie to south asian culture through like the music and the movies and i had like family friends that were like pakistani and indian and you know Bangladeshi. but i think it was after hearing provat speak i can i really felt like oh this is like something that i'd love to be a part of Mm. and you know i started more more or less like a mentor almost because i was busy with like the advertising life of course (laughs) soul-sucking work but the more that i did stuff with daytimers the more it felt like a family and yeah i'm proud to say they are a family now yeah oh i'm in it too i think (laughs) (laughs) absolutely absolutely yeah um mine was slightly different so it's actually really funny i was going through my emails um the other day and i found the first email i wrote to you it was so formal like (laughs) um no so i um i (laughs) approached provat because uh, me and another internal member called rohan were speaking we had never actually met before and we were like really frustrated with what was going on yeah in india um with regards to the farmers protest and and we were like let's do a live stream let's raise money but we need a few more hands on deck and someone's like check out daytime and so i was like okay cool so i got everyone to spam provat to reply to me like there and then i was like i need to know if this is gonna happen not much has changed (laughs) not much has changed poor guy um (laughs) And yeah, and then it kind of kicked off from there. And I, we had a small little team of about five, six of us. That's when yeah. I first met Amad. And um, we, yeah, we did that live stream. We put it together in like yeah. four weeks. <laughs> and, and special shout out to Sunny Formats. Yeah. Who really. So like we 
as a whole team, we're really navigating how to use streaming and yeah. Twitch. Yeah. So like Sunny was our beacon who yeah. really helped us with yeah. that. Um, Karen on the and marketing Karen on front. Marketing, just, yeah. The beauty of this collective is, is that there's always people who know. Like yeah. Amad as well, like during the kind of uh, marketing phase of this live stream. Uh, it was just instrumental. And, and so there yeah, was yeah, the mix mag piece, I yeah. think, for us. But a lot of the press we get is organic. It's yeah. just like the people we know and like we yeah. work with yeah so like it's always a blessing to see like our friends like be excited about like what we're, we're doing, doing you know yeah for sure for sure but i remember having a call with karen and it was sort of my job at this point to get the marketing going and he goes so what have you got and i was like should we talk to ra and he's just like is that your plan and i was like <laughs> yes i'm such a noob i'm sorry like i don't know and it's just all these really funny conversations about not knowing one overlay men confusing everything it was just yeah. it, was a, it was a really it, it was, was a, a big it was a learning experience us, and i'm so grateful because now yeah how we do events like we just know all this stuff and it's kind of learned properly how to do things yeah. so yeah after that um we um, put together um, DT002, which has now been um, nominated for a DJ Mag Award, which yes. is wow. quite exciting. No, I mean, you guys have had a few nominations. Yeah, yes. dialed in too. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, we were doing that simultaneously with the COVID fundraiser event. So that's sort of how I got stuck in it. It was more like wanting to do something, mm. um, finding the people who had the same kind of thirst and sort of socio-political yeah. Um, awareness and wanting to kind of channel that into into music because yeah. at the end of the day music is just it's it's an escape it's a form of yeah. protest it's not just um what it's kind of been reduced to now which is like some sort of business product yeah. or whatever you know or like and it was so nice to connect with people in that way as well just to see it like that yeah and yeah. also to add to that i think for us not only do we want to work with like people that are obviously like-minded but i think people who really saw there was room to grow and change yeah. which i think is super important and that's sort of how we like really push forward when we think of like new projects and like new things that we want to do like i said i feel like everything so far has been like really linear mm -hmm. but we're like looking to really expand outside the box and see I what, mean, we can what do. else can you do you've done everything it's just i think yeah yeah i mean we're talking watch about space. something yeah, yeah watch, keep it locked just to come off of that the few things that i wrote down not a few many yeah. things that you guys have done this this year alone the roundhouse rising festival Yep. hosted room two a fabric um at the beginning of october mm. i mean these are that, that's like a that's a dream yeah. of you know yeah. djs and promoters have for their whole careers yeah. so to have already accomplished that that's amazing <laughs> which i want to actually go back to um became a resident on uh represent radio um <laughs> i have a show there as well so uh, hey, big um, big love to represent uh, the infamous boiler room that Young yeah. Sing curated in August, which went viral, and then he just did one a couple weeks ago where he handed the decks to DJ EZ. How did he <laughs> feel about that? I imagine gas. <laughs> Nervous. Yeah. That um, was a huge thing for Young Sing, yeah, and for yeah. us all too yeah. as yeah. daytimers, because for us, I feel like. We don't really just see ourselves. Obviously, we see ourselves in the South Asian yeah. space. And yeah. we get so many comments from kids who are like so inspired. And we, we really love it. But for us, it's also seeing us in these white spaces. Exactly. That's yeah. the importance, I think, of what we're doing yeah. and our like heritage that led us here mm. and where we're going to go. Yeah. I think I find that as well, where, you know, when there's events where it's all female yeah. lineups yeah. and stuff. And I have a 
I have a love-hate relationship with that because I'm all for uplifting, you know, women who DJ, but also I don't, like, we are just DJs. So I do feel like the more you kind of, are we almost doing a disservice to ourselves to label that first instead of just being a DJ? We never say all male lineup. Like, it's just, it's never done. And um, Imagine they did it, though. (laughs) They would never. They they would never. But it's just kind of taking that label away. But I know like you and I Ahmad have spoken about this before where like we have to infiltrate these white Mm, spaces because it has to be the norm yeah definitely and we can't always just be labeled as the eight like do you know what I mean yeah Yeah. I think it's a mix of both because I think what I've come to sadly realize is that despite that infiltration the these spaces will still always be be honest it's (laughs) a lot of work yeah, yeah they they require so much work and in some ways, it's it's great to have that representation there where it's like, we exist, we're artists, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're sick. But I, do, I don't know, I'm a bit hesitant to say that what we can create in our own spaces can never be achieved in, the, in those white spaces because it requires a level of like nuance and understanding that certain people just won't get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by certain people, I just mean the non-marginalized groups. Mm-hmm. And there are obviously loads of allies and people out there who will completely understand. But when you're at an event and there's a... For example, a, um, I don't know, androgynous person DJing and you have people commenting on that who's also POC. It's like, what's like, how do you, how do you move from this? Like, how are we this far behind in the thinking, you know? So I think like, it's definitely amazing to have that there because at least kind of from a a wider perspective, people will see that there's artists who are doing this and that there's people and that there's a community. But I have to say, and it's really sad, but I think, it's very hard to kind of find a space within that where you know you can create that community feeling and feel safe um, and sort of achieve what you can on your own um, yeah. if you have your own parties going. Yeah. And I think I don't know. I I feel like I've from some of the events we've we've gone to where it's just been so difficult when you really walk yeah. in. Yeah. I think particularly from a safer space point of view, you know what I mean? Like it just by slapping on a non-male DJ or like. Yeah. PSC. it doesn't solve the problem it's though. not going to solve the problem yeah. like it's the crowds it's the it's it's the fact that uh, a space may have like 10 bars and now everyone's just absolutely hammered <laughs> you know what i mean and not behaving themselves yeah. which is you know what i mean in like a very yeah so there's all these little things that i think you know it really adds up and, I, and it, it makes me question a lot about like nightlife mm-hmm. and the sort of interaction between the socio-political side and and these diversity statements and moving forward and genuinely what works Mm -hmm. um because a lot of like knights have actually failed to deliver what they say they're gonna do by just putting on a an all-female or or, all non-male lineup it's just not it's you know what i mean yeah or like poc is putting them up there it's like yeah but you really need to actually look you know who's who's attending these parties yeah and for marginalized groups, safety is different than for people who are not marginalized. You know, yeah. we go through a lot of things, whether we're queer, whether, you know, we're just non-white, whether, you know, it's our identity, our sexuality. It's very hard for people to just make like a blanket safe space statement yeah. and be like, OK, this is going to keep everyone safe. Yeah. I did like eight hours of training and now I know <laughs> you know yeah. i won't say what yeah. the training is yeah, but yeah. we all know yeah, yeah yeah or i've put um i put a, a queer dj on the lineup who's yeah. a poc and this is gonna solve the problem yeah. i think it's a really but not even ensure safety to, to, the to women to the djs artists, yeah. queer djs, DJs. like yeah. that's the issue and i feel like because we are in the spotlight 
it feels good that we can have those conversations yeah. and challenge what people think when they think of a safer space or just events in general, yeah. nightlife in general. And an inclusive space. Because I think how we see it is like, oh my God, there's Young Sing on this very, very predominantly white or like a place that may have mm -hmm. seemed very inaccessible. Mm -hmm. And then like, I think it's very important as attendees or whatever to just almost deconstruct that and say but at the event like has it also changed in the in the space that i've gone yeah. into how is my treatment there were people still throwing racial abuse at me were people uh, making me feel unsafe like yeah. and that's the thing that i think so many promoters need to start thinking about or, a bit yeah. more you or know? not even that but like promoters and venue staff should be looking okay are we working with south asian people outside of this one night yeah like are they really <laughs> like intricate mm. to like what our venue is about yeah because i feel like we're we're also finding now that tokenizing is becoming the new oh, the new thing right oh, like we're laughing about it now yeah but it's so true though lineups like all south asian lineups just to be south asian when you're not really saying or doing anything to it yeah. you know yeah. It's great to have that visibility, but you also have to have that like responsibility to yeah. yourself, your community and others to be like, listen, maybe this isn't the right look, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, how was dialed in? It was amazing. <laughs> it was fun. It yeah. was good. It dialed was... in was a moment. Yeah. Yeah. It happened in <laughs> September and I still I mean it sounds cheesy, but I still can't really think of the words. Yeah. I, no, I, no, you probably feel the same, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think I processed that that moment yeah. at all. But it was amazing and like I don't know, I I think in some ways like just being in that space, like I've never felt so mm, yeah. comfortable and accepted and, and, and warm and happy and, and celebrated before. Um and I know a lot of people felt that way and it was just so beautiful to see this like event come together you know and it was its first iteration and obviously like you know things will yeah lots mm, of road bumps yeah you know and but that's to be expected yeah. but just the the way it was received and the way that everyone kind of got on board with almost everything from respecting the safer space policies to respecting artists yeah. or um, yeah. if there were queer and, attendees and things like that and, and mind just you that it was grow. in an area that had many breweries so yeah. of course people you would think people would have been like pissed drunk by yeah. like 4 p.m <laughs> but we had a really good and respectable crowd yeah. and they were there to really honor the moment honor the moment yeah. and the culture and you know we worked on it for a lot of months yeah. putting yeah. it together so what i really also like about it i've spoken to a lot of people that are not south asian and they were like this really gives me the drive and push mm. to maybe yeah. make it happen within yeah. our own community yeah i remember messaging a few people and being like guys <laughs> gotta step it up yeah. but i mean that's, why I, that's what i want to see i want to see like yeah. a bunch of festivals mm. like dialed in because like Obviously, these festivals, they've, they're so boring. Like, yeah. it's the same, like, white lineups, like, you know? Mm, like, yeah. now there's a push for diversity. So, you know, it's it's filtering in, which is yeah. really great. But, like, if we're so amazing and we can just do it ourselves, mm. why don't we? Yeah. yeah. I mean, why I mentioned that is when we were discussing about how these lineups are almost, like, yeah. tokenistic. Yeah. yeah. That lineup, it was cohesive and yeah. it made sense. And it was, you know... It, yeah. It, it wasn't it was the opposite of that yeah, exactly um, but that was also a collaboration between chalo and, and no, no idea yeah. and the way that worked is we had a lot of artists that were south asian but no one was really playing music that's significantly south yeah. asian we had a few people 
But like, I feel like we had so many artists and so many different stages that it was just a celebration of like South Asian culture in yeah. general and the and history the identity. and yeah. identity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was sick though. Come to the, <laughs> wait, did you come? I couldn't come. Oh, come to the next. And I actually got it because I live about three minutes away. Oh really? Uh, yeah. You but I couldn't. One. I couldn't make it that weekend. No, but it's okay. You had a triple A pass. <laughs> <laughs> but I was there for the key push. Oh uh, yeah. With the Eastern Margins room that, that you guys had which you know when you're speaking about how you felt at that festival yeah, yeah. that's i guess a glimpse of yeah yeah what sure. that must have felt like yeah um also for me being surrounded by yeah. east asians as yeah. well and i've been following eastern margins yeah. for years and yeah no that was a really special event yeah because i know you have um scarves out <laughs> a little scarf plug <laughs> um but how did that collaboration come about with eastern margins that collaboration was very organic mm. like Easter Margins Jex is a friend of Young Sing mm. David is a friend of Provat when Provat first started Daytimers he talked to Easter Margins to learn like how to run a collective and like mm. what are you know the oh, good things to wow. do so it's a very family oriented thing and I think we were just finding the right moment and the right space and it just made sense to do it with Keep Hush yeah. mm. because Keep Hush is all about the community as well I yeah. think you know yeah. like they they were really instrumental in us really letting us do what we wanted to mm. do whether it was with the six scarves which are still on sale mm. <laughs> if anybody wants them or whether it was like the lineups that we wanted to curate we had inayat from new york yep. who's a good friend of mine and kenzo also from new york and it was just really this like beautiful moment of like representation at the cause yeah. of all places. Of all places. <laughs> yeah. Their set was insane. I went home after watching Anaya and Kenzo and made a track. <laughs> I was just there like, I'm so inspired. It was, Aww. it was, yeah. yeah. And I think I wish, you know, like there was growing up more access to these kind of things. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just, oh, you, you see it and you're there and you're like, this is what community yeah. feels like. This is what, you know, that almost like, search for self-identity or whatever mm. it feels like you know and yeah. it can be captured in a moment and in an environment and i don't know it just really sets the tone for like the night yeah because you kind of enter the space and it's like very different almost to like most other club spaces where it's where that's not the focus like i've really noticed like when you go to for example like a pussy palace event it's the same energy you know like everyone's kind of there for like yeah. the moment yeah, and to, yeah. you know those and and that you see that with like specific nights um in london because i've not i've not been outside sort of to compare but yeah so when you walked into that keep hush room it was just like oh my god yeah <laughs> i'm never leaving <laughs> you know what i mean it was, um, it was really beautiful also yeah. because one thing i'll add to is like all the djs that were on the key keep hush lineup everyone that was like from daytimers was playing like easter margin track Easter <laughs> yeah. margin people were playing like daytimers <laughs> track so cute. it was just a really nice moment mm. shout out to the scarf yeah. it says for the culture for the community, community yeah. i feel like that night really encapsulated that you yeah. Know? yeah definitely i think there's just the general understanding between yeah between everyone in that room absolutely like, yeah we get it and yeah. the people that were like really vibing like they were not south asian or east yeah, asian or yeah. southeast asian they were just yeah. like regular cause attendees yeah. and they were so respectful giving like pounds to the DJs yeah. like really discovering like a whole bunch of sounds which I don't think they would have necessarily ever come across honestly yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting what we were saying before about 
you know, is it almost whose responsibility yeah. almost is it to create these spaces or like to upkeep these spaces? Is is, is it almost like a chicken and egg yeah. problem? Yeah. Is it the promoter? That's is so it the true. venue? Is it the attendees? Yeah. Is it like yeah. what is it? Yeah. The, is it the security? Yeah. Like whose responsibility is it? I think it's a lot of work for everyone. Yeah. Like I wouldn't say it's like one person's responsibility. No. Yeah. It would be everyone, including ourselves. So, you yeah. Know? Yeah. Just being like brave enough to, if things are fucked up, to speak about yeah. it, to like yeah. make in. that change yeah. happen, you yeah. know? Because I think like we really worry sometimes too, like as a collective, we are very outspoken, mm -hmm. like, you know, social political stuff, we, we speak up about yeah. it, you know? And we worry, you know, sometimes does that make us look like we're a bit set, like, yeah, like set in certain ways or a bit like angry mm -hmm. or like, you know? But I think we are so lucky at the timing because in this like impetus of like diversity yeah. and safer space and stuff, the v buzzwords that get thrown around, like we've had some very interesting experiences <laughs> with clubs recently. But, um, <laughs> oh my God, tell me. <laughs> just, you, you yeah, know, like so you'd lot, be shocked yeah, how many yeah. clubs don't have safer space policies. Yeah, or they're not even really, the thing is like they just have them hanging up or they'll post them. But like even I've had a few conversations with security guards regarding something in their safe space <laughs> policy and they look at me like i'm crazy, crazy like yeah. i made it up i think it's a massive sort of collaboration right and when you when we find venues which we have and we've been so lucky who are willing to work with us it's the output is amazing you know i can't speak for like all their output and I, i've you know some venues that we've worked with may not have had the same um outcome on other nights depending on who they're working with but when when they're receptive to you know us saying right this is what we expect like yeah we're very strict on our safer space policy we want to try and improve the dance floors for people we don't want it to be some sort of breeding ground for predatory behavior or whatever and so like can you work with us on these things or just how this event is 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 um, promoted and prepared and kind of pushed out then it's kind of it works but i think sometimes when you see like promoters doing nights and they're just chucking a name on there to like fix their problems and then you attend the event and nothing is fixed mm it's almost just like this is a bit of a joke you know what i yeah. mean you can't do that you can't just like you can't why just say, endanger people just for the sake of selling tickets selling tickets yeah. and and fulfilling these you know promises you know yeah. and it's very interesting because there's been so many venues that i've seen where yeah. they have diversity statements and then they're but also all I, white men i know? think <laughs> the, a big issue also with that is this one training that everyone mm. does which is very sort of blanket it doesn't really let you i don't want to say yeah, the name yeah, of yeah, it yeah, but <laughs> i'm sure everyone knows sure, what i'm yeah. talking about um but that's the thing like with us we put in the work like if we if we are working with a different space or a venue we haven't worked with before yeah. we prioritize our safe space and just making sure our artists and attendees feel that safeness you know yeah I mean, at the moment, it's it feels so unsafe right now. Oh, just oh. all the needles and yeah. shit. Yeah, like, I yeah. It's yeah, I saw what you yeah you posted yeah. or actually, you shared something. It's so terrifying. It's very terrifying. It's, it's and it's you know we've seen it happen to friends, to us, to it, like the emotional toll it will take on a person to recover from an incident as uh, that can be small or that could, you know also big ones too. It's just like how you know how can you. I sometimes honestly think if I if certain things that happen in a club happened at my place of work, you know, during the day, <laughs> like that person, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it just it won't fly. But somehow behind this veneer of like 
uh, lockdown's over, hedonism, blah, 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 blah. Mm. It's like we've forgotten that at one point you were posting a black square. Yeah, but yeah. but you know? also the conversation is always comes back to why is this the standard in nightlife? Yeah. Mm. Like if we have the power to change it, then why why, why? haven't we changed yeah. it yet? Yeah. And like, why are we doing it now? You know, yeah. that's, is it because it's like obviously been like this and these white spaces for such a long time yeah that we just don't feel like we can change it but i think that's exactly what we're trying to do now yeah. like really change these spaces you know where everyone can kind of feel safe because going back to what riva said like if this did happen any other place yeah. it would be like canceled right away mm -hmm. yeah but like if you go to like a club and you know you tell someone oh this happened Nine times out of ten, the person will just be like, oh, it was the club. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. but why? Why is but, that the standard? But maybe it's because it's not been the norm to have people yeah. like us yeah. having yeah. a platform or Absolutely. having parties yeah. Even, yeah. or ha even having attendees. Like yeah. we've always been the minority. Because nightlife is hedonistic, yeah. as you said. Like, it's just like whatever happens, happens. Yeah. But why? You know, like for us, I feel like because we are so deep rooted in nightlife and wanting to change it that we really really peel back everything and take notice of everything yeah and I, I think people who just go to events they're just there to have fun you know yeah which is fine but i think like the greater conversation is just like how can you make it safe you know yeah, yeah. absolutely and i think like a lot of people just like throw words around you know mm. and don't actually know what they mean <laughs> and it's like it's really embarrassing yeah, the higher-ups the, yeah honestly it's really what embarrassing kind of, like the buzzwords the buzzwords like safer space diversity yeah, commitment queer, to queer just like yeah. okay um <laughs> you know all in one sentence honestly <laughs> i mean yeah. it, there was a point like in one month i got asked twice by two different promoters to write their safer space policy yeah oh my god i was like are you joking yeah are you actually joking it was really and the funny thing is, like, they were thinking it came from a place where it made them seem really good. <laughs> but we're thinking, because, yeah, we were together. Yeah, like, for, one both, on, for one of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Probably both. Yeah. Names, but we were just thinking, what is wrong with these people? Yeah. Like, we just had an issue yeah. where we flagged something. And instead of telling yeah. us how you're going to make it better. <laughs> you're asking us you're to asking fix it. But it's, it's like when, it you know, like the Atlanta yeah. shootings happen. Yeah. And, and people who aren't East Asian are like, tell me how, like, exactly. tell me about yeah. racism. And yeah. I'm like, dude, come on. No. Oh, my God. Like me ex like, explaining that there's a problem doesn't mean it's now my yeah. job to teach yeah. you yeah. what like, to do. And, and the thing that pisses me off the most is that if you have the audacity to go out and say, I'm putting on an all queer lineup or a peer like a, a racially balanced lineup yeah. your duty is to protect your artists and protect the crowds that are going to come with this who follow these people and like how dare you endanger those people and that's what kills me because when it is in particular marginalized groups who struggle in nightlife or have not found that place it's an absolute joke to do that and in the name of money and yeah. in the name of business you know and like like I said, like it just wouldn't work in other spaces if the same thing happened. Mm. You know, it's just there's something about nightlife and it being kind of all behind wraps. And I think that I find super frustrating and feel happy that I have an outlet where I can actually try and put in the work or like, you know, have people behind me who will say, no, actually, this doesn't work. We're, we're not going to accept this kind of behavior or whatever and do it properly. But it's just it's so frustrating sometimes when you enter spaces yeah. and you're like, you know, just just as a uh, whatever I'm I'm 
you know, I'm going to have to deal with X, Y, and Z. And I just frankly don't want to because I want to have a good night. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's a lot of work too. When we go into spaces, we, we're on like high guard, really. Mm. Not only are we te tearing apart the safe space, but <laughs> we're also trying to think like, you know, if we did change stuff, like what would we do? And like our, our shared experiences, I think, together really in nightlife really make us see things for like what they are. Yeah. So like when we're speaking to people, like we can pick up on their bullshit really quick. Yeah. And it's just really funny because like they don't clock that we are, mm. we get what they're trying to say but like really understand like yeah. you know and then they turn around and say right i'll say space policy <laughs> oh my god what did you say to that uh, honestly i just looked at amad and i was like this is I, yeah joke. let's we were go pretty That's frazzled yeah but we were just we laughed about it because we were just like it's it just shows their incompetence yeah. right and then yeah. they like sent an email once again like saying things that like they shouldn't be saying yeah. like it was and this is like a pretty big institution too, which yeah. is really sad because like if you think like the way things start, you know, it starts with the big institutions mm -hmm. and it dribbles down to like everything. So this is not like our experience alone. Like yeah. everyone, everyone is sort is, of going yeah, through yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. Know? And by sl by putting on um, the queer POC, you know, non-male DJs, it's just not going to solve the problem. Yeah. Like, and uh, this is what without I think. Without doing the work. Without doing the work, the you know, it just won't. Yeah. It's like one fifth of the puzzle, you know, but then there's like the other aspects of it. Like um, in this instance, for example, the person kept saying to us, oh, but we expect the crowd to self-police. And then I said to them, if you have. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. What? No. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. to get to that point, you have so many bars around here. Your crowd is hammered. Yeah. There are. So, there's like a, more bars than stages here. Like oh I God. don't even understand how you expect this and i was like but have you told people that that's their duty you yeah. should at least inform the people. funniest thing is remember when i was like yeah i told the security yeah. guard and he was like are you sure they were a security <laughs> guard i was like i don't know you tell me oh my god who's a security guard and who's, who's not in, charge? in your you know what i mean and so like it's just it's very like imagine being met with that and then sort of yeah you, you're faced with that and you're like right okay um my like how do i how do i exist in this space how do i like how do i go forward yeah. you know like, like is how my do presence I even... here like even worth it yeah right? do you That's know what i mean thing. um and from a safety point of view um where does this leave me or the people i'm with you know yeah and that's why it's like talking to a wall no absolutely yeah. and and i think that yeah. really speaks to just like why i think one of the nice things that we can do in this collective and we are working on it and you know even us like we have things that we have to learn and we're constantly yeah. educating ourselves on like how to improve safe space will never happen it's just going to be safer and like we've accepted that and how we can move forward but at least there's just some work being done and that's for me the biggest thing because i personally and i'm sure it's the same for a month wouldn't want to be in another space like that yeah. and to be in a space where you know there's perhaps more males than and than non-males for example and be respected and have my voice heard and have my opinion taken into account in itself is like already so much better than the reality of the situation in nightlife yeah and then having that buy-in from members in the team of like these need to be our priorities let's put out a compilation to celebrate pride you know what i mean let's put our work into yeah. that and the daytimers like team they've been they're very super supportive for yeah. what we want to do and how we implement the safe space yeah and it just really shows they really want to change the nightlife scene just as much as we, we do. do yeah and i think that kind of gives us to drive because we're not going to change everything no. like overnight no like this is like decades and decades of stuff we probably won't you know? change it 
in our lifetime, to be honest. Yeah, with you. Yeah, you <laughs> just need, we just need our own venue. Basically, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. So with your own space, you just have that or with a venue that's open to it. You yeah. just have that ability to be like, right, like tell the security guards if you see someone who's a bit too drunk and they look vulnerable, can you keep an eye on them? Don't let them just walk out. You know what I mean? Or like yeah. things like that. And having that like collaboration and that everyone's there to take care of each other. It's it's that's so what much a community fun. Is. And, and yeah. that's and yeah, I think so. I know we've spoken a lot about kind of safer space and things, but I think just having gone through a few months now of like nightlife being open and really seeing what's been going on, yeah. it's been more important than ever. And I think and harder to process because and also the, these promises were made. The rampant racism, which we didn't even <laughs> unpack yet. Like there's so much to, we can't, I mean, that's like three episodes right there. <laughs> there's little things you're going to change, right? Like you won't change everything, but it has to start somewhere. Yeah. And I feel like since now we are in the spotlight, like we can tell people, no, it's fucked up if you do this. Like yeah. this is why you shouldn't do this, you know? Yeah. But what I'd like to think, when people see daytimers, they see inclusivity, they yep. see the queerness, Respect. they see Pakistanis working alongside Indians, Indians working yeah. alongside people from Bangladeshis, yeah. Sri Lankans. Yeah. You know, we have so many different people, Afghanis, like yeah. everyone is. Nepal. Yeah. Nepal, like everyone is a part of it. And I think it goes to what we're saying where identity in 2021 is so nuanced, mm. you know, like how you connect with your South Asian identity. It's different than someone else. Yeah. You know, some people might have grown up with it. Mm. Some people are discovering it now. Yes. But for us, I think it's important to have that dialogue where people can, you know, speak to us about it so yeah. we can grow and change. Yeah, like we have an open door policy. Anyone yeah. can write to us anytime. Yeah. You know, we try to respond to everything. Yeah. You know, all members of the internal management have access to emails. And mm. if someone sees it, they'll jump on and respond. Yeah. So it's nice to have that and yeah. to assure people that, you know, their voices are being heard. It's similar to the Southeast Asian culture. Yeah. The South Asian culture is more on the conservative side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, creating a safe space is it's more important. It's more important yeah. than, I mean, no, I wouldn't say it's more important, but it's it's more challenging yeah and there's definitely more challenging so you're creating a safe space within that uh, yeah community yeah. but then within that community you're having to there's another layer to it yeah. absolutely and it's I, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because i think that has always been in the forefront of my mind my experience with for example south asian you know uh, cis hat straight men has been so negative really mm. before joining daytime is because it was me being uh, over sexualized or um you know it being sexist that you know i have to be married or whatever and things like that and coming into this for you know for me it was like that that, that kind of stuff needs to go like this is the part of the culture that we cannot take forward with mm. us or have in these spaces you know we're gonna have non-male attendees they should feel empowered and fucking great to be honest with you and everyone should be respecting each other and it's been such uh, such a tough kind of like challenge to sort of approach um and in the beginning, like, I mean, I was really scared. Like, you know, I go to a lot of queer parties, for example, and there, like, it's quite normal for, peop for people just to be in their, like, bra or whatever. Mm. Like, it's not that big of a deal at all. Yeah. Um, and you're safe. Yeah. And um, I was like, right, I'm going to test this out in these parties. And I was, like, so scared. Oh but, my God. you know, it, it was fine. Yeah. And if it That's wasn't fine, thing, the team was there. Yeah. Yeah. The team was there. And now you go to these parties and, and people are dressed in whatever, the what literally whatever they want to wear. Like if you <laughs> yeah, watch the boiler room. Yeah, dialed in too. Yeah, like, and dialed in. Looks yeah. very Everyone, queer. Yeah, yeah, very queer. And which is beautiful to it's see. It's beautiful to see. And it's not just about dress, but it's the point that like, 
in a culture where which is very conservative you know mm. to, we're able to say you know everyone so this is the place we're creating right and that side of things needs to also not come into it and yeah. should it happen let us know and we will deal with it but you know our, our view is is that we don't want that here yeah. it's amazing and to see so many you know female and non-male artists just rise up and you know um sort of have the stage as much as the males do these little things they go a long way and it yeah. will teach people you know more than anything that you're no less than someone who's just you know a straight cis hat guy yeah. that Your like value you, is just as just much a, exactly <laughs> um so yeah it's been it's been it's definitely been tough but yeah. we're really lucky that the team and our attendees so far have have kind of gone with it yeah but, and bought, bought into what we're doing. But even with body movements, yeah. we didn't even talk about this. So with body movements, we had, was it a 10-hour stage? Yeah, yeah. So we had a 10-hour oh stage of all queer South Asian DJs. Yeah. And I've heard from multiple people that our stage shut it down <laughs> nonstop. It was, it was amazing. Shout out Mixed Mag. Yeah. We said Mixed Mag. Um, no, it was cool. them. And imagine yeah imagine you know do you know how far it would have gone for me in my life to know like before i was 18 i didn't even know queerness was an option yeah i didn't even know i didn't know it was an option i was like okay or it's i've never seen i didn't even know like how to process it like i was like how do i like i grew up very religious but like how do i consolidate that with my queerness yeah and like still be loved by everyone and accept you're not seeing you in the outside world no you see nothing yeah so you just don't see it and here we are in october um throwing a 10-hour stage yeah and also we so we we understood that when we had to speak about this we had to do it in such a nuanced way yeah because there were people on the lineup and people that were going to attend that may not have been openly queer yeah so we didn't want to like label anyone or say anything but we did it in such a way i think that was really respectful yeah. too yeah, we worked with that it worked really yeah. well and the body movement team was like really happy yeah. with like what we put together as well so yeah, um, it's going, it's like, it's these little things that yeah, I think is like, it's, it's changing the conversation, yeah. which yeah. I think if you would have asked me like even two years ago, three years ago, would have this been possible? I would have yeah. said Absolutely no. no way. And it would have been possible, I think, through a different lens. Yeah. I don't know, like maybe through a white lens or something else. And I'm like, well, a this bit still doesn't work for yeah, me exactly. because I'm not that. Yeah. So great. <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> just going to need someone that looks like Do me. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's just amazing to watch more people kind of grow into themselves and, and, accept, and their own. Yeah, yeah, accept their culture, their queerness, their identity. Or accept queer people. Or queer people, yeah. You know. So what is coming up oh, for Daytime is- in 2022? Oh. So I think the first thing that's going to happen is we're going to take a break. <laughs> a much needed, a much, much needed, needed yeah. break. And you will leave yeah. for a little bit. No. That's like the first question we always ask each other. When, like, when, when are we taking a break? How are you doing? Are you, like, uh, you know, like, because most of us are actually working full time as well. So yeah. and then also pursuing our own artistic um, roots. So it's yeah. like three at one, basically. Yeah, so tired. It's quite, yeah, so you know, tired. Just, <laughs> a bit, just a bit tired. Um, but no, what do we have in the pipeline? We have. Oh, so we have the Jaconi fundraiser. Yeah, on Saturday. On, on Saturday. Sunday, Sunday, sorry. Or Saturday, um, Saturday. Which the proceeds yeah. are going. Young Singh has kind of um, 
you know, brought us into this and it's a beautiful event. Um, kind of celebrating um, South Asian-ness in, in a kind of different space compared to a club or, or something like that. It's a bit, a bit more relaxed and kind of interactive. And then the proceeds are going to domestic um, abuse victims, which is, yeah, I feel, yeah, just yeah, amazing. And, um, I think women who can't get like public aid yeah. like, for, you know, certain things. So, so we've, yeah. we've got that coming up. And a good amount of us are just going to jump sure. on the decks. decks. Mm. Which is... First event up north in Manchester. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Um, so at Soup Kitchen. At Soup Kitchen. So that's happening. Um, I feel like there's a few more events slightly scattered around. And then I think... Oh, the Rhythm Labs yes, thing. Yes, yeah, which is happening this weekend. So another uh, party. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think next year um, there's a few releases that are going to be happening, collaborations. Like I said, like a lot of daytime is, is about kind of leveling everyone up. So mm. yeah. um, this is where there'll and be like more experienced producers working with um, less experienced producers and producing something together. Amazing. Yeah. Which is quite and, cool. and I think for next year, we also want to work with other collectives mm. just outside of the South Asian community. Because mm, yeah. for us, I don't think it was just like South Asian community. I think that was just like the building block. Yeah. yeah. And then from there you know we can work with other collectives to see like we did with eastern margins yeah, so you know big I feel like big energy as well it was, yeah. energy. That, was, oh, that was so fun eastern yeah. margins like working with other collectives who kind of know what you do, <laughs> what like get it is the most amazing thing ever yeah. because you're just like yeah. oh like before you even say the word that like, i yeah, get don't worry i check the safe space <laughs> yeah. and it's like, can, <laughs> can i just God. add real quick and i told them in the group chat but i was talking to tom from soul community radio and they were telling me that our pride compilation was like really inspiring the queer kids in korea like oh the, yeah you didn't yes. <laughs> It was just a so really was, beautiful I think it was moment when you, you sent the yeah, voice note. Yeah, flying. Yeah, so I, yeah, you know. <laughs> but yeah, just hearing that, it just makes it seem like you're doing things like outside Side of, of yeah. your own per community, and yeah. you know, like really touching people's because, like in Korea, obviously being queer is not outlawed, but yeah. it's taboo, it's and like you can't really speak about it or really, you know, go not, to like queer yeah. parties. Not or, in the like, same way, like you can here. Yeah, yeah, not not like here at all. So like just hearing that they were able to connect to like the poems and the music. Oh, so beautiful. That's so nice. So we'll all go to Korea soon. <laughs> yes. And we'll throw a party. You'll Everybody, write the safe space honestly, policy. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> 100%. No, yeah. And then I think there'll be just events. Yeah, and, sort of... and we want to work with more institutions and like yeah. really you know bring daytimers into the forefront into these like larger spaces and see like yeah. how we can do like workshops knowledge shares stuff like that yeah yeah <laughs> amazing well thank you so much for coming on the podcast thank you for having us thank um, you would you like to drop your socials for everyone yes <laughs> let me remember <laughs> so the big one is at daytimers underscore uk and for me, um, my name is Reva, and it's Reva999 underscore. <laughs> and I'm Ahmad, and it's at Ahmad.png. Amazing. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for listening, and thank you to Ahmad and Reva from Daytimers. I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode, and I'll be back soon with maybe another one. So make sure you subscribe, follow, and rate the show to keep posted on new episodes. You can also get in touch with me at Don't Call Me Exotic Pod and at O-N-E-O on Instagram. Oh, and make sure you don't call people exotic. Bye.